0: Welcome to the third episode of Online Theatre Collaborative. I'm Neil Wexler, a playwright and filmmaker from Buffalo, New York, and today I was supposed to be with just Ben Goujon, the Artistic Director of Davenport Junior Theatre in Davenport, Iowa. But we've been joined by a very special guest, Ben's seven-month-old son, Beckett. Hello, Beckett.
1: Hey, hi, Neil.
0: And Ben, I have to ask, because you know I love Samuel Beckett, did you choose the name because of Samuel
1: Beckett.
0: 100%. That's why you're on the show.
1: <laughs> He's always been my favorite playwright. I've you know, been fortunate enough to work on several productions of different Beckett shows, and I have just always connected with his work. Awesome.
0: So this past year with Davenport Junior Theater, you had to go virtual with your classes and your shows. And my first question, when you're able to resume regular programming, will you continue to offer any online possibilities?
1: Yeah. I'm still interested in keeping kind of a virtual wing. Um, of, I don't think we'll have enough kids to kind of maintain the current virtual class load we're offering. Um, you know, now we're, yeah, Beckett doesn't either. But what I would like to kind of do is each semester or whatever is kind of cast a small group of students and create a virtual production with them. Um, I also have a background of doing devised work and so I really like kind of bringing the students in and let's create a piece of theater or I've, I've taken to not really calling it theater but it's a virtual
0: performance. It's become a real conversation hasn't it this question of What is theater? And one point that often comes up is, does theater have to be live in order to be called theater? And I was just wondering about your thoughts on that.
1: For me, I think it was important to still keep the live element, kind of have that pressure of live performance. I mean, I always kind of fall back to the old Peter Brook adage of, you know, an empty space and someone watching, and that's theater. It's just now our empty space was digital.
0: You've worked as an actor on TV, on film, on the stage. Where does online theater fall within that spectrum?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting combination between somewhere between theater and TV or film. It's its own place, really. What we've been doing is we, we send green screens and any other technological assistance home to our students. And so they're creating uh, little studios, but also, okay, when we hit the button, we're going live and people are going to see what you do. There is an active audience watching. You're not getting, obviously, the same feedback as you do as a, in a stage performance, but they're there. came up with a slogan, Zoom is a tool, not a roadblock. How can we make something that's still engaging and exciting and tells a great story? with these tools. They're not the tools we're used to, but they're still tools we can use to tell a story. And I think we really just kind of scratched the surface of what can be done. And it's been interesting watching virtual performance throughout this last year and seeing all
0: the different ways that other theater companies have have worked with it. I really like what you said about using the tools we have. It's just so relevant to where we are with online theater needing to learn more about those tools when it comes to production process and preparation for different media. Maybe you could talk as an actor how working in TV, say a day on the set of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, preparing to go on set for that compares to your preparation for a stage performance.
1: I'm very ritualistic when it comes to performing in the theater. Each show kind of has its own ritual Whereas on a TV or a film set, you never really know when you're gonna shoot. And so usually I just kinda of sit in my trailer and just hammer lines, lines, lines and just and especially on Mazel because the the dialogue that they
0: write for that
1: is so fast.
0: And when we started talking today just before Beckett joined us. You were telling me a funny story about working on the show that provides a pretty good window, I imagine, into production process in television.
1: End of day was 7 p.m., and they came and got me from my trailer around 6.30, brought me to set, and, you know, got me in, got the lighting, the sound check, hair and makeup, props, all of that. And so by the time we started shooting, it was like 6.45, and it was about a minute-long scene. But you know, in that situation, like end of day is at seven. If we don't wrap this by in the next 15 minutes, uh, that means overtime for hundreds of people on the crew and actors. And that's a like tens of thousands of dollars that that's going to cost production if we don't get this scene by seven o'clock. So it's a very different pressure than live theater performance where you're like, oh, if I mess up, people see me. But, you know, people kind of love that in theater sometimes when there's a, when something goes wrong, it makes for a very memorable story. But in the TV world, it's like, no, if something goes wrong, that's a lot of money and I will never get hired back, you know, and you don't want to be the person who's on set fumbling for lines. You want to be the person who comes in, hits their mark, delivers, and they're like, great, we got it. We're out. That's what makes TV producers and directors happy.
0: Hearing you tell this story and what you said earlier about the need for fast line delivery, I have this conception of working in television that above every door there's a sign that reads, time is money.
1: That's the vibe of it. You've got to get through a certain amount of pages each day. And if you don't, you're, you're behind. And that's more money.
0: You talked earlier about how theater companies have been approaching the online space in different ways. Could you talk about some of the work you've enjoyed the most?
1: One of the companies that's been most inspiring for me has been Metropolitan Playhouse in New York. The first week of the pandemic, they did a virtual reading, um, and they have continued that every week since things started. They have a talk back after every show. They kind of think of themselves as uh, theatrical archeologists and really dig into early American theater. And I think they've just leaned into that and found ways to keep their audiences engaged and active. To me, that's inspiring, just
0: still doing it. We're still doing the work. And what are some other ways you could see utilizing the online space moving forward? A is for new play development. You can use an actor that's anywhere around the country
1: or around the world for that matter. And creating marketing materials and opportunities for audience engagement. Also, just content for online to engage our audience and make them interested in the work we do so that when we do get back to the theater, they're going to want to see what we do in person, hopefully.
0: I want to thank you so much for being here and for sharing all these insights. And for people who want to find out more about the programs that you're doing, they can go to davenportjuniortheater.org, And to find out more about your own projects, Gujan.com, G-O-U-G-E-O-N. And Beckett, I have to give a special shout-out to you. You were extremely well-behaved and very attentive.
1: (laughs) And the same to you, Neil. It's been a pleasure being here, and I'm glad he wasn't too disruptive. He seems enamored with you, so.
0: We'll forgive him for that. (laughs) Bye, Beckett.
1: Can you say bye to Neil?